ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza, episode 96, which is a sort of perfect timing um, because redemption for 96 for Gareth Southgate in England last mm. night, beating Germany um, 2-0 at Wembley. What what a moment for all English people, um, whether you care about football or not. Um, you know, I was absolutely delighted, personally. Yeah, um, wow. What a obviously, day. Obviously, over the moon. What a day. Um, obviously, there is no Daniel this week, as you can tell. I'm not Daniel. Um, <laughs> but I'm still joined by the man with a versatile name, Robert Worthington. How are you doing, Rob? I'm not going to do the thing where I just choose a random name. <laughs> yeah. Because personally, I feel it's losing its comedic effect. Sorry, Daniel. Yeah. Um, Rob, what are you saying? I mean, I might have to agree with that, to be honest. It's like mm. when... It's just a typical dad thing to do, isn't it? Just like overuse a joke. Yeah. And um, he is basically a dad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Daddy Daniel, not Danny Daniel. Don't get confused between those two. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't but, be surprised if he actually had like four kids. Oh yeah, and was married to Katie. with Katie. Yeah, and he's like fifty-two. Yeah, it, it definitely could be. You know, he just tells us that he's got all these like shit little like side jobs when actually he's like, I don't know a lawyer or something and that's and he just does this as his little hobby um who knows not shock me who knows daniel finton could get out to anything but yeah i'm all right uh had work today uh as my twitter followers mm. will know i'm now an employee of uh, mike ashley at sports direct um so yeah uh that went all right it's pretty fun. We're pretty much just selling England shirts nonstop at the moment because of the Euros oh. and the fact that it's coming home. Uh, I even caught one myself today because I just, you know, employee discount, you know. So, um, oh, come on. Can you yeah, get me one? Oh, I can see. I can see. I, I can. Because I need, I need one. Yeah, I know. All I, I've got is a flag. I look very Brexit in the <laughs> today with the flag. I was going to, I was going to buy one before the Germany game, but I didn't want to tempt fate. So I waited till post game and now we'll inevitably be knocked out Hop by on Ukraine. the bandwagon when we, when we're doing well. Yeah. Yeah, Love exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Alf? I am. Um, yeah. I, I mean that, that was mental last mm. night. Um, sort of, we spoke about on the Extra Cannon podcast on Friday, just the narrative around that whole thing. As I said, episode 96, redemption for 96 for Gareth Southgate, missing that penalty. Um, just England, Germany in a tournament, you know, the mm. 2010, the Frank Lampard goal that wasn't given. Um, and it felt like it was our time. It felt like it had to be our time, um, finally. And, yeah. you know, it's pretty much become a home tournament for us. Obviously, we play in mm. Rome on Saturday against Ukraine, um, but the rest of our games, obviously semi-final, final, if we get there, and the game so far have been at Wembley. So it's been a bit of a... It feels... It has got all those parallels to 96, and, you know, maybe it will go our way this time. Maybe it will come home. But obviously, on the game, um, we have to tie it in slightly to Arsenal, because this mm. is the Arsenal Cannon podcast. Kyle Saka starting... Um, I think he had a decent first half, came off relatively yeah. early in the second half for Grealish. Um, what, what did you think of Saka's performance? Yeah, I mean, again, in, in that first half, I think he was up there with, with England's best players on the pitch. He might have been the best player on the pitch for England. I mean, um, a couple of really nice turns. He was causing Antonio Rudiger mm. all sorts of problems. He just didn't know what to do with him. And by the end, 
of the half, he was just dropping off and letting Saka have the ball and, and wreaking havoc pretty much. And yeah, yeah. I, I was just so proud to see him playing for England again, uh, especially in such a big game. Um, mm. You know, I think his influence was wilting in the second half and it was probably the right decision to pull him off considering Grealish made such a huge impact when he came on, uh, getting the mm. sort of pre-assist for the first goal and then the assist for the second. Uh, but yeah, Saka really played that role perfectly and I, I think he probably is England's best option from that right flank. Um, and he can... Really? <clears throat> yeah, I think he is. Uh, I think that... I think Jaden Sancho's a better player. As oh yeah, I, I agree. But I think mm. Sancho's better from the left, to be honest. Uh, yeah, he sa- started playing on the left and been brilliant. Actually. Sa- same goes for a lot of the other uh, sort of forward options England have. Um, and even mm. Foden, well, he sort of excelled on the left for City last season, but is at his best centrally, uh, not really on the right. No, I don't think he is. I think he's better on the left. Do you think he's best out there? I think if you look at all his numbers... From centrally and on the left, he's mu- he's got much better numbers mm. on the left in terms of like underlying metrics and yeah. also like goals and assists. Yeah, well, there still, I think Saka probably is England's best right-sided forward. Um, mind you, I mm. thought Sterling was good there again when he moved out onto the right, uh, and mm. of course he got the goal. Um, I mean, just a word on Raheem Sterling. I mean, three goals, uh, sort of England's talisman. Uh, how how impressed have you been in this tournament? I I still think his overall game he's he's probably quite far down the pecking order in terms of technical quality, but he's scoring the goals and that's what matters. I think Raheem Sterling is an exceptional player, and I I just mm. I think he need because he's you know he's been much maligned in this tournament in terms of not just in this tournament, but I just feel like in general I think he's not appreciated enough by yeah. England fans. Uh, in particular, and I think, you know, three goals speaks for itself, but, you know, his all-round play yesterday, I think he didn't have the greatest game against Scotland. I don't think he played that well, even against um, Croatia in the Croatia first game. when he scored, yeah. the goal. Mm, but I thought yesterday he was probably our best player. I mean, I thought Luke Shaw was very good as well. Mm. I think Sterling, you know, some of his dribbling was very good. He it was just a constant threat, the bright spark in that team. Which, yeah, Ginter was petrified. Let's be real, it was sort of like both teams created two moments mm. and we took both of ours and they didn't take either of theirs. That was basically the difference between the two teams. Um, yeah. And Sterling was at the heart of both of them. So, I mean, yeah. Well, particularly the first one, uh, obviously. But mm. yeah, I know I've I've been impressed with Sterling this tournament, and I just think I do. I agree with you. I think if you're looking at like the out and out best players in this team, if you're looking at the front three, it's probably Foden, Sancho, Kane. I'd mm. say. Um, but then if if you look at Sterling and his importance to this system and his ability to pop up with his goals, his movement in around the box, I think he has to play, and I think he'll continue playing in this tournament. Um, but you know, delirium in those mm-hmm. in the away end. Wow, the, the the limbs. It was very nice to see. I just think for for Wembley was just bouncing. Young, yeah, it was forty five thousand fans, young England fans who have, you know, it's pre- pretty diabolical for us until twenty eighteen when we actually had yeah. a bit of a run. So yeah. to finally see like a team, you know, it's it's quite a functional team. It's not the most attractive to watch, but it's a team that. 
very much it, it can it, it is functional mm. not dysfunctional even though it's not the most exciting it is functional and you know it, despite having brilliant players in the past look at the golden generation we could never really find a way to win with that team um and it was really let down i think poor managers uh sort of caused that and this at least southgate although he makes some strange decisions and he's but they're ballsy can decisions. be frustrating and the way he plays um yeah and they come off they, yeah. yeah at least he's he's created a team that does function yeah um, and they all play for him yeah 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 they, they all like him and he's clearly good at the sort of man management mm. side of the things and you know the way he speaks uh to the press and the fact that he's a manager he's a manager in general i say the general consensus is that he's supported in the press which is very rare if you look mm. at England managers in the past. Yeah, yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. Um, you know, we I think we've talked about this before and James talked about it on uh, the Askcast quite a few times, just how, you know, he's just a really good representative of the FA and of, of English football. He says all the right things. And you know what? At the end of the day, he's, he's doing his job. Uh, I think if you asked us after, you know, we were dumped by Iceland from the last Euros, whether we thought we'd, be in the semi-final of the World Cup that followed that and then into the quarters of the next Euros with a you know, a clear mm. path to the final. I don't think I would have believed anyone who told me that. So, yeah, he's turned mm. things around exceptionally. Uh, and, yeah, it's really exciting to be an England fan again, which is, mm. you know, I, I say again, it's not really again for you or I because we've never really experienced this sort of as you said, mm. like delirium surrounding an England team. This is really quite new and alien to us. I mean, the World Cup was special, don't get me wrong, but I think this even feels different. Uh, we feel like genuine mm. contenders, whereas at the World Cup, I, I still feel like we felt a bit like wild cards. Um, yeah, we definitely underdogs. We weren't, we weren't yeah. expecting to go that far. Yeah. And we never, even when we were in the semi-final, we didn't necessarily feel we had... A brilliant chance of winning it yeah we but were now, probably the fourth favorites out of the four semi-finalists yeah but in this like we came into the tournament as second favorites according to the bookies yeah and you know we've got a plethora of brilliant attacking options Bakayo Saka being one of them I mean it's a testament to mm. his outstanding ability that he can get into the starting 11 for such a huge game I mean we all thought that he would be on the periphery for the entirety of the tournament but no well done to him he's I I think he might not start the next game. Uh, it will be interesting to see if mm. he does. Uh, but there still, he was he still you know carried his weight exceptionally well against Germany and didn't let the occasion get to him, which for many a youngster it probably would have. Um, and then you know solid at the back, you know Stones and Maguire really two top class centre backs. So yeah, we. we Looking good. I'm. I'm really excited going mm. into Saturday, and then what what holds thereafter in the tournament if we uh, get past Ukraine. Mm. Well, we, it, it is kind of remarkable how many options he has in those forward areas. I mm. mean, if you look at the, the players that didn't even feature yesterday, Mason Mount, Phil Foden, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho didn't get on the pitch. Those no. are five phenomenal players in themselves so yeah I think this squad feels like the best we've had probably since the golden generation of like 2004 2006 that sort of period um and yeah it's exciting and I I'm I'm saying it football is coming home we'll yeah I feel like 
you know, I think Spain or Italy maybe in the final will be very difficult um, opponents, but I, th- I, I think we can do it. Well, um, yeah, I think we back we've ourselves. got the home advantage as well. Mm. Imagine the scenes in this oh, country. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm trying you to know, book um, Box Park for the semi Oh, yeah, that final. would be class. That it's would be class. It's already taken for the cause. Yeah. Yeah. If they go on sale on Sunday. Yeah. So if we got through at one past midnight on Sunday, yeah. I'm going to get on that website and I'm going to pay for a ticket mm. or two or three. Yeah. Um, Because the absolute scenes. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely do that. I mean, the, the fan sites and uh, just sort of the pubs, it, it's been unreal across the country. Um, mm. And yeah, I just don't think any anything beats a tournament atmosphere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, mm. did you see Boris Johnson? Oh, it's Harry Kane. <laughs> He's finally scored. <laughs> He's finally scored. <laughs> yes. And then yes. people are replacing like the video on the screen of Matt Hancock. <laughs> so it's just Matt Hancock. He's finally scored. He's finally scored. <laughs> Blue passports. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, what, 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 what an idiot! Yeah, to be honest. such an idiot. Uh, but this, this isn't the political canon podcast. It is well, mm, the Arsenal canon is podcast. But the Arsenal canon podcast. We're and talking... saying that maybe we should move on. Yeah, to more Arsenal but... related things. We, yeah. I, I I I'm a I'm a Saka FC stan, so uh, mm. I'll um I'll die on this hill. Good old uh, Bakaya is is my <laughs> guy, and he's he's bringing it home. He I is. am just so proud of him. He should get knighted, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Sir Bakaya Saka. Oh, that that has a really good ring to it. Imagine really being 19 and getting knighted. That's a real possibility. Yeah. Let's say he scored the winning goal in the Euros final. He might get yeah. knighted. So or even like an MBE 19. or something. Imagine, yeah. Bukayo Saka MBE. I mean, that would be sick. I mean, what was Sir Bobby Moore, Sir Bobby Charlton, mm. I think Sir Jeff Hurst, Jeff Hurst, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Sir Alf Ramsey. You know, if we're able to replicate if that. If we win it, Harry uh, Kane, I reckon Southgate Sterling, will 100% Southgate. get one. They could be knighted. You never know. Sir oh. Harry Maguire. That's Sir that's Harry mad. Maguire. Sir Slabhead. <laughs> What a guy. Sir Calvin Phillips. You know, Calvin Phillips. Just throwing them out there. <laughs> the Yorkshire Pirlo, even though he's absolutely nothing like Pirlo. Yeah. Um, he just presses like a madman. It's brilliant. I love does. Calvin Phillips. Oh, I do like him. But yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see mm. Henderson or Bellingham in the next game. Personally. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I'd like to see Bellingham have a game. Anyway, let's move on. Mm. Um, There isn't a lot of news going around. I think the tournament's sort of distracting news sources from supplying Arsenal news. There are, There is like the main thing that's sort of come out today. Fabrizio Romano has reported that we have basically signed two players, um, one being um, someone we've known about for a while, Albert Sambi Laconga, who sort of featured in my piece today mm. for We Love You Arsenal.co.uk. Um, 17 million euros, I think it is. Looks yeah. like a good deal. We'll get on to him. Um, but first, I do want to talk about the other player, Nuno Taveres. Someone who's mm. sort, of, it's co- sort of come out of the bloom very quickly in the last yeah, few days. Yeah, yeah, no really, really has. speaking about it. But it now looks like we're about to sign him. For, I think it's about 6.5 million or 8 million euros mm. um, from Benfica. 21-year-old left back, supposedly very quick, um, decent offensively, um, and a backup to Tierney. What are your sort of th- initial thoughts on this deal? 
Yeah, I, I mean, as a backup to Tierney, he, he uh, sort of fits the profile that I wanted for a left back. You know, he's very young, uh, time to sort of grow and, and prosper uh, potentially a, a bit further down the line or maybe, you know, has a few decent years with Arsenal and then realises he's too good to be a backup and then moves elsewhere. Um, you know, that, that would... That would, yeah, that would be the ideal sort of outcome out of it. I think it's, as I said, the right profile. Um, mm. Seems like he's very good offensively. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that I've, I've watched much of him because I haven't. All I've seen of him was when uh, Arsenal, of course, played Benfica in the Europa League. But my memory of him isn't that vivid from those games. Did he play in that? Yeah, he did. He did. Um, oh. I think he came on. Uh, for oh, okay. Grimaldo at left back. Uh, mm. So yeah, he's already back up to Grimaldo. I hadn't really thought about that. So I, I assume that mm. he's sort of content with that sort of status, but would rather have that status as back as backup at, at, at a bigger club. And that makes sense. Um, yeah, I have a, a few concerns, which I think you'll probably be able to get, go into more detail on. Um, mm. I've heard that the Portuguese media don't rate him particularly highly. Uh, he's not the best defensively. Um, and there's also rumours of bad attitude, but, you know, considering he's not going to cost much, if if he does turn out to be a bad egg, it, it won't be too difficult to move him on. And at the end of the day, he's a backup left-back. Uh, he won't mm. exactly be the the sort of big ego the of the dressing the room. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um so yeah, I think it's a it's a smart deal. I think it's what we sort of need at left back. But yeah, of course, with any signing, uh, especially when they come on the cheap, there's always going to be queries and concerns. But we likely won't really see much of him uh, mm. unless Tierney sustains any sort of substantial injury. In my, despite not watching much of him from what I've gauged from sort of reading stuff, I think he is probably an upgrade on Kalazanak. And I know that's not hard, but uh, mm. yeah. And uh, and as as I keep saying, that age profile is enticing, and he can definitely refine some of those areas in his game, which perhaps people have concerns over. Mm. Well, when I first saw this rumor, I was sort of like, "Oh, a young, promising left back from Benfica, good pedigree, mm. got a seventy-five million pound release clause, so surely it's highly <laughs> rated." Um, and, you know, the sort of profile I think was probably the correct one. I wrote about this in my piece last week about things we have to do in the window. And there was a bit of debate around and at Arsenal around whether we should go for a more experienced option to to cover for Tierney. Someone like Bertrand, Premier League experience and slot right mm-hmm. in. Um, but it will probably require high wages, but basically no fee, probably a free. Or whether we should go for someone who can sort of develop um, in the long term and hopefully provide com- competition for Tierney in the long term. Um, we were linked mm. with what's his name, Josh Doig from yeah. uh, Hibernian Hibs. Um, yeah, and the, the guy from Real Madrid, Miguel Gutierrez. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, they were talking about him the other day, weren't they? On the Arscast, yeah, yeah, but it looks like we've just we've gone down that route, which I think was probably the better route. Mm. Um, it may cost a bit more money in the fee, but you'll probably save money in the wages and you know, long term investment, really. Yeah. Um, the only really way to judge him, c- considering none of us have really seen him play, is pretty much when when I see a player like that come up, sort of like we'll get onto Lukonga, 
you look at his data, you look at what you read about him, what people who have seen him play have said, and then you watch YouTube clips, obviously. That's the, the classic. Yeah. So I did a bit <laughs> of all of that. Um, there wasn't much data on him because it's the... the um, Liga Nors. Yeah, Liga Nors, where, where he, I think he made seven starts all season. So that shows he was, he was very clearly a backup to Grimaldo. So he, he should be pretty content. It's sort of an upgrade as a, an upgrade of a club still as a back, backup, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, my queries then came when you know Andrew Delgado. I don't know if people know him. Oh yeah, Clay yeah. Gunas on on um on Instagram, Instagram and used to write used for to us. write for us. Yeah, oh jinx. Yeah, what a guy. He's <laughs> he's a an avid watcher of Liga Nos because he supports Benfica because he is part Portuguese, I think. Mm. Um, and he has raised a few concerns, which um. He he called him. What did he say? Let me just get it up. One sec. Um, yeah, he's basically I mean, a it, more agile and quicker Kalasanac. And let me get the full. Mm. He he did a full like thing. Um, let me just read this out to you. Um, I've watched a lot of him. Not excited. He's not great. He's got great physical attributes for the Premier League and a decent engine, but that's that doesn't weigh, outweigh that at all. That doesn't outweigh all all the... He didn't write that properly. That doesn't outweigh all the negatives. He has attitude issues. He's suspect suspect defensively and his ability in the ball is average at best. Of course, Mm. he's young and can develop, but he's not shown me or Benfica fans anywhere near enough. That's why the club is looking to see the back of him. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's great. To be honest, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I know he's club... twenty-one and he can develop, and I know we won't see much of him. Yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned if Tierney was to pick up a long-term injury, which we know is, you know, not unlike him. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, you know, with with, with this guy, um, I, I, I mean, he could turn out to be a really astute little signing, but I, I sort of understand what. Andrew is saying there because mm. he's sort of suggesting that Benfica aren't too fussed about letting him go. And the fact that they're selling a player that they've got a 75 million release clause for, for 8 million, mm. it doesn't really, it's not really in- indicative of a player who they're sort of sad that is leaving them. Let's just put mm. it that way. But but maybe uh, just a different environment, different league, um, maybe he that will sort of temper his attitude, and and as Andrew also points out, he does have great physical attributes, so maybe he'll be better suited to the Premier League and English football. But I agree with you; it feels like very unknown. It feels like the first half of last season. I mean, hopefully, no one knows better than Renarsson, but it feels like mm. if Leno got injured, what would have happened? It would have been Renarsson and goal, and then. You know, and Tierney's more susceptible to injury. And mm. it's not a good sign. I mean, the only caveat to what, um, I, to Andrew, what he was saying about the technical quality is that Tierney, to be fair, isn't a fullback of great technical quality. Uh, I don't know. Obviously. I think he's pretty good technically. I mean, yeah. some of his crossing's brilliant. Some of his passing's brilliant. Yeah, of course. But I don't know. He's just not like super secure on the ball um you know he's more of like an an attacking outlet rather than like any sort of progressor 
Um, if you, you look at the quality of some of his crossing and passing, yeah, you can yeah. see he's got great technical ability. Yeah, I know. I mean, the pass that always springs to mind for me was in the build-up to the goal, um, the first goal of the semi-final in the FA Cup um, yeah. against yeah. Man City when he drilled it into Lacazette's feet. I mean, what a pass. Um, mm. So, yeah. But and then again, the second one, the assist yeah. by Aubameyang. Yeah. Yeah, also brilliant pass. So Tavares probably will have a lot to work on, but then again, hopefully he will be understudy most of the time. So he will have that time in training to improve defensively and then hopefully be able to perform as an adequate understudy because that's all we need from him, really. Mm. Well, I think what um, Andrew said there is not... I don't. The, the hope I have is that He's got the physical attributes, so that won't be a problem. If he, with a bit more, with better coaching and more intense coaching, and as he yeah. ages, he might be able to improve on the other aspects, you know, his defensive work and also just like being smart on the ball. Um, because if you have the physical attributes, you can excel in the Premier League if you can mm. improve in the other areas. Obviously, you want to be technically more secure, but, you know, you you can get away with yeah. not being absolutely technically perfect in the yeah, Premier League compared to let's can, say La Liga where you need to be yeah. more technically secure but maybe don't need as many physical attributes or as good physical attributes. Yeah, and you can look at numerous um, right backs and left backs in the Premier League who used to be wingers. I mean, it's not impossible to learn how to defend better. It mm. is coachable being able to defend, you know, Mikel Arteta spoken about in the past, the fact that he had to teach himself how to defend pretty much so he could mm. sort of continue at Arsenal by playing in a deeper role because he didn't have the sort of physical attributes that he did earlier in his career, which enabled him to play as a 10 for Everton. Mm. So, you know, he, I, I, he, he will doubtlessly improve defensively, but it just, I, I would be very interested to know where he's at now. And what happens if mm. Tierney sustains, you know, ligament damage in the third game of the season? Like, what then? Uh, yeah. That's a bit of a scary that, that thought. would be quite disastrous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you know, all hypothetical. Hopefully none of that will happen, but it's not outside the realms of possibility. So hopefully mm. he's of decent standard and we're not making a sort of repetitive mistake as we did with uh, Renison. And hopefully we've learned from that a little bit. Mm. Well... As you said there, it isn't, it, you know, it's, it's as you said just before, it's it's not high risk. Like, no. £6.5 million is not a huge outlay on anyone, but particularly when it's a 21-year-old who has relatively decent pedigree, I think. Like, I, think, mm. I don't think, if he came to, to England was pretty bad, let's say he played eight games next season in total and wasn't great for us when Tierney was out. I don't think his damage, uh, the damage to his reputation would be that massive that we wouldn't be able to no, sell you him could, on again. You could still like, foresee a team that's from probably Spain or the same amount of money or something. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I think it's a sort of bit of wise business. I'm not going to say it's great business because I've got no idea what this player is like yet, but it, it seems mm. like the sort of signing that we had to make at left back. And I'm glad we went for the younger profile rather than the aging, highly expensive fullback in the mould of the Bertrand or Van Arnholt. Mm. I think it will be completely fine as long as Tierney doesn't sustain a massive injury. Mm. But I do mm. think you could possibly say that for like for like every position. Yeah, well, exactly. Particularly sort of like 
I'd say defensive positions. Like if one of your main guys gets injured, yeah, then the the the, the downgrade. Whereas in attacking options, you have like more rotation and stuff, so you, you can have more depth, and it's not you don't have like as defined players yeah. in the role. If you get what I mean, yeah, and defensively, yeah, I, let's say he gets injured. Like let's say, I don't know. Well, Leno, for example, got injured. That it could be quite disastrous. So you could say that mm. for sort of every position. Yeah, and I feel like profile sort of um, compatibility is just so important in mm. defence. You know, we're looking at Ben White, for example, who's going to come in and play right centre back for us. I mean, mm. he boasts incredible sort of bit of ability on the ball as well as ball carrying ability and. Yeah, he just seems like a very good all-round defender. Um, and then if he gets injured, you've probably got Rob Holding coming in to play right centre-back who, you know, he, his game is limited in in those regards. So, um, yeah, and mm. that, that therefore like sort of completely changes the way your team is playing. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think you're right in saying that profile replacement is very difficult at the back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, away from Tavares, and we'll get onto the, I think, the more exciting deal. I think everyone will agree with that. And mm. someone who does seem like a very exciting young player that we are acquiring and someone that, you know, deal that I'm very, um, I can get behind very much. So, phrase that weirdly. But um, Lukonga, <laughs> um, I spoke about briefly in my piece because, you know, shout uh spoiler in the piece, I'm basically talking about the type of player we should get alongside mm. Lukonga, or as well as Lukonga this summer. Um, again, as I was saying earlier, not a player I know very or knew very much about. I still can't claim to be an expert, but as soon as you sort of linked with the player you don't know much about, you sort of do, as I said, the three things. You read about him, try and find stuff about him, look at his data, and then look at clips. Clips-wise, looks, looks very mobile, looks... Pretty competent on the ball, good at driving with the ball, some very good passing. Um, again, not much data because it's not one of the most covered leagues uh, on FB Ref. Um, mm. It's not a top five league, the Belgian league. But I did see a data radar of him somewhere on Twitter. I can't remember. It looked decent. It looked like, basically, it looks like he profiles as sort of a, a good passer as well as a good dribbler who's got decent defensive output but could improve in that aspect and then I saw like people talking about him saying maybe his defensive awareness and positioning isn't quite where it could be at the moment but he has the potential to very much develop mm. that it's sort but of but like you don't get many sort of sense. yeah you don't get many 20 year old slash teenage holding midfielders who are the best sort of defensively aware I think mm. even and like, that can be coached yeah, I think even if we brought in someone of the stature of like a Camavinga, he's still very young and I'm sure he would also have sort of positional awareness issues. I think that's just mm. the way it is. And until you've played in the Premier League for a few years and, and get a bit of that nous about knowing where to be at the right time, I think that that will always mm. be a deficiency in a, a younger midfielder's game. Yeah, and the sort of way you use your body to sort of mm. maximise the... Um, likelihood of you making a defensive intervention um and i think yeah. that's something gwendozi struggled with and i think laconga probably has better mobility what it would seem from from clips mm. and from what i've heard than gwendozi who's not the most mobile um so it would probably be easier for him to improve that side of his game um 
what what are your thoughts on this deal in general? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm 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 excited about it because he's a, a really nice little profile. I mean, just looking at it from a like really simplistic perspective, uh, he's captained and elect. You know that that's a really good mm. sign. It shows his his leadership qualities. He's big. Yeah, Twenty one. That is yeah. Pretty impressive. Uh, he's he's big and boasts really good physical attributes. Um, which you know, as we talked about with Tavares, that's that's really important in the Premier League. Um, mm. And then apparently he just those who have watched him closely just talk about him sort of glowingly, uh, which is mm. you know again which something that. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is something that is really, really important. I mean, I don't mm. think you can... I think, uh, again, referencing James from the Arscast, I think he was saying that. He says that when you're looking at a player, it's really important to get the perspective of people who either watch him or support him. And it sounds like those in Belgium really do think he's the real deal. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I just hope that he does come here and... I'm not. I'm not going to say that he's going to come in and immediately stamp his place on a on a first yeah, what, team spot. What he, sort he of probably role won't. Do you think he'll play next season in the squad? Um, I think he'll be the third man in midfield. Um, mm. sort of similar to perhaps the role Sabios played last season. Um, mm. so he'll just rotate in when either one of Partey or our other midfield signing is injured. Uh, and or I think that's a good or whatever. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I think that's a good little role for him to play in his first season, just so he can get to grips with the league uh, and progress as a player, because I'm sure there's areas of his game which really do need a lot of work on them, considering it, you know the Belgian league isn't the strongest. Um, mm. So, yeah, it'll take a while for him to adapt, but I think that Ceballos S role would be perfect for him. And I'd, I'd, I'd definitely prefer to have him operating in such a role than, you know, a, a more established player who isn't going to improve and potentially take one of the, mm. uh, like, like top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. One of the, the top midfielding roles, uh, you know, a few years down the line. Yeah, and for me, this sort of ties into the piece I wrote today, again, alluding to it again, Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read it, which you probably haven't at this point, because it's just come out before we recorded this, uh, go and have a read. Um, but I think in terms of our next signing in that position, I that was basically what I was talking about. Um, and that does, because we, we've been linked with a lot of different players in this, mm. like players who are very different profiles, like Renato Sanchez compared to Eve Basuma, for example. What sort of, I don't know if you've read the piece yet, but... Um, what sort of player would you be looking at in terms of the attributes they possess as like our, our probably more pride profile signing in that area? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good question. Uh, and it's difficult mm. to say, and I'm looking forward to reading your piece. I haven't got around to it yet uh, oh, because I'm, I'm interested to see what, what you think. Um, mm. But definitely ball progression is one of them for me. Uh, mm. Someone who can can get that ball up the pitch to our to our forward options. You know, I think Partey does a lot of that, which is good. Uh, but mm. that is something that Shaka excelled in. and Over nine deep progressions per 90 for Partey last season. Yeah, yeah. So Partey can do a lot of that job, but I think we could probably do with someone else who uh, can do it. But then again, where Partey, you know, he's still very good in this regard, uh, but where he's 
not quite as strong as sort of the ball winning winning capacity. Mm. So yeah, I'd love someone, if, and that's perhaps why Eve Basuma, the 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 links have sort of quietened down a bit because he's just all he really is is like a pure uh, ball winner. He doesn't offer too much else. Um, I think he's like quite good on the ball though. And I yeah, think he yeah. can progress the ball. He's not like absolutely elite, like no, or Shaka, no. but he's like he's well above average. And he and obviously, Excuse you know, FB ref up. You you look at his turnovers and the sort of attacking potentialities which could ensue following his like turnovers high up the pitch. For example, you know that that sort of subsides the need for progression a little bit because that's a different way of attacking you know not every goal mm. has to be through mechanical build-up um so yeah i think the onus will be a lot more on parte to be that progressor for us next season but i still think someone we we really need a very balanced player who can not only um do a lot of work defensively but also uh, contribute offensively in the build-up. Uh, and yeah, mm. if I was going to say the perfect signing, I think I would love a bit of Renato Sanchez. Um, mm. Him next to Partey would be a dream to watch. Um, but yeah, that, that one seems a bit unrealistic. Uh, but yeah, someone of that profile who just sort of offers a bit of everything in the middle of the park, you know? Mm. Well, I'm not going to give you my full opinion because... Mm can read that say um, that yeah uh thing on renato sanchez i agree i think he's a brilliant player the only mm. caveat i'd have is that defensively he basically does nothing um ah. which so that's sort know, of putting it, the it can, on it can work yeah it can work in a against like poorer teams um, but I think the bigger, bigger games hit Partey alongside him would leave so much onus on Partey yeah, defensively. Yeah. So I think it depends. I, I do think Renato Sanchez would be a brilliant player. And this is sort of what I said in my piece, just a bit of a spoiler. I think if we bought in Renato Sanchez, I think we'd probably use Laconga a lot more mm. than we would if we bought in someone like Basuma, just because I think in bigger games, a Partey-Sanchez um, pivot would probably be a bit... A little bit um what's the word it would lack a bit of discipline um and i think yeah, you probably yeah. need to bring in lokonga someone who will sit a bit deeper and do a bit more defensive work but um it's an interesting I think discussion it, yeah i think it and sort of hinges on what arteta wants from Partey. i mean mm. we saw in like his early starts for us like the man united game always springs to mind i mean he was exceptional going forward as well as sort of breaking up play defensively um, mm. but then towards the end of the season, Partey sort of retreated back to very much an anchor role, uh, which I think probably will be his long-term role. But do you really want to take away sort of the attacking potential in his game by saying, okay, you're going to be the man who's just going to sit and sweep up behind Sanchez. And I don't even know if that's in his nature, to be honest, um, mm. just to be that sort of highly disciplined player. I think he does like to, I mean, it's, uh, we've talked about this before. It's part of the reason he moved to Arsenal. He wanted to explore the offensive uh, aspects of his game. I don't think, um, yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be, he's not going to be a player who's going to, you know, get good chances or create a lot of chances in forward areas. But I, I get what you mean in terms of like driving forward um, and just having a lot more of the ball than he would have at yeah. Atletico and, and being able to progress it more, play 
nice passes. Um, but I do agree, it's interesting to see what Arteta will do with Partey next season. Um, yeah, and you know, I if remember four three three. You've spoken yeah. a lot about maybe he will be that anchor guy because I can't really yeah. see him as one of the three eights. Yeah, neither. But I, I, I'm, I'm puzzled because I remember sitting here a year ago when we were about to sign Partey. Mm. Um, and wondering then what does Arteta want from him and I'm still not really 100% sure I think it will be as the lone defensive midfielder but it's not abundantly mm. clear yet um, so yeah well, that would be a I really interesting one it depends on the long like. term but it could just be a part of a pivot if he continues with 4 2 3 yeah one. yeah yeah mm. I mean that's probably his best role to be fair mm. well it's going to be something that um Arteta is going to have to work out and they do in their recruitment for, you know, what sort of player they go for. It's going to be interesting to see once we secure uh, Lukonga, Lukonga and Tavares, which looks basically done, both deals. Yeah. Looks like we'll get White as well once England's run comes to an end. Hopefully that won't come to an end until the 11th of July. Um, it won't. It won't. Um, so we'll <laughs> probably we'll announce Ben White on the 14th of July. That's my prediction. Don't know why, but you know, a few days after the Euros, let mm. the the ice. Nice day, I like that. Not bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna <laughs> happen. Um. And yeah, so that will be three deals done. It'll be interesting to see where we go next. A lot of links to Ramsdale, um, mm. which is a bit underwhelming. A lot of, well, hopefully there'll be more links to attacking midfielders, which is an area I think is probably our priority, or should mm. be. Um, hopefully some more links to a right back and you know if we could get if we could get these three three deals done White, Lukonga and Tavares I feel like it's basically a creative midfielder a right back and a goalkeeper and we should have everything done shouldn't we mm. oh no and another centre mid of course so we've got a lot to do um, but it's a very good start it is it's a good start and hope yeah you know I think the the window's sort of starting to kick into action a bit more now. Basically, mm. nothing happened until recently, but we've seen some deals go through of late. Um, you know, Sancho is basically done. Patson Dacker has joined Leicester. So, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting next few weeks where things should develop a lot more. Um, yeah, and yeah, any anything else you want to discuss in the main body of the show before we get into questions? If we've got any. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, we've covered everything pretty extensively and yeah, some interesting conversation. Lovely. Um, right, well, we'll get on to questions then. Uh, James yeah. underscore Bolton says, thoughts on Patrick Vieira to Crystal Palace? Oh, it's a big job, isn't it? It's mm. huge. Uh, he's going to have a lot on his hands uh, and... You know, his managerial record thus far isn't that great. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a huge job. I really, really hope he succeeds. And I uh, can't wait to see him in the dugout of the Emirates next season or, uh, for for the away side. Uh, but, yeah, he isn't thus far in his career. hasn't proved that he is uh, the sort of guy who can, can sort of um, lead... A, a massive rebuild which is what mm. is required at uh, Crystal Palace so yeah they've let go of 30 players this summer yeah I mean a wow. lot of them were like irrelevant like squad uh, like youth players but then there was quite a few first team players 
Mm. What do you think? I think they could go down next season, genuinely. Mm. And I don't want to say that because I want Patrick Vieira to do well, obviously, as an Arsenal legend. But I don't think he's a good coach. That's just my... I hope I hope he can, you know, prove me wrong. But I think... I mean, watching his punditry on ITV, I don't get the sense he's a brilliant coach. I know it's, you know, not his first language, English, but he's going to have to speak English yeah. when he comes to this job. Um, and he's, no Emma Hayes, you know, he should is he? have decent English by now. He does have decent English, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, communicating your ideas fully, uh, it can be difficult if it's not your first language, as Emery knows. Um, yeah. But I think they were pretty terrible. Well, they've been pretty terrible in the last couple of seasons, to be honest. Their metrics have been terrible. They've sort of scraped. They've sort of done enough to stay up and then been shite towards the end of the last few seasons. Yeah. I, yeah, I worry for them next season. Um, I think it will depend on what they can do in the transfer window. They've got a lot to do as well. Um, but I do worry for Palace. And I worry slightly for Patrick Vieira and his sort of... Um, reputation as a coach um if this yeah goes it could wrong. go very wrong it mm. could go because no wrong, one so. a lot of people particularly here haven't really paid attention to his career so far but if he comes in and does a poor job at palace you know there's it will damage his reputation heavily so yeah i don't think it's a great appointment <laughs> i just feel bad no. saying that because he is an arsenal legend but we'll see what happens oh well it's best of luck to him anyway i really hope yeah, he succeeds but course. my 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 prediction would be that he won't, unfortunately. Of course. Yeah, I agree. Um, Thaddeus.tad underscore says, who's our most realistic midfield target and who's your dream midfield target? I don't know whether he's referring Ooh. to centre mid or attacking mid. So we might as well do both. Yeah, let's do both. So we're talking first choice here for, for both. Um, yeah. Okay, attacking midfielder. Uh, Most realistic and best. I guess they're separate. Yeah. So the most realistic. I, I, I haven't really thought about most realistic, to be honest. Because um, mm. all the names we've been linked with don't seem very realistic. No. Um, Shall I go? I yeah, think yeah. our most realistic target for attacking midfield, I think, is probably Husam Alwa. If we're looking at yeah, the price yeah. tag. Um and the fact that I think yeah. it feels like a natural parting of the ways between him and Leon this summer. And I think, what, 25 mil? Um, I don't know. The, the rumours have sort of cooled quite a bit, but I do think that's probably our most realistic target this summer. It's yeah. probably not my dream target. I think he's brilliant, but yeah. My my dream yeah, target I... is Jack Grealish, if I'm being honest. It probably would have been <laughs> Emmy Buendia, I can't lie. I do like that, <laughs> but now it's probably Grealish. Yeah, well, if you're talking dream, dream, like beyond the realms of possibility, then yeah, Grealish. Mm. Uh, but in terms of like... Uh, yeah, I'm not saying we're getting Grealish, by the way. Maybe dream. Um, probably Madison. I do really like Madison. I would mm. really like him at Arsenal. Uh, Daniel and I waxed lyrical about him the other week. Uh, and yeah, we, mm. we just would be so happy with that transfer. So hopefully uh, that isn't beyond the realms of possibility, uh, mm. but it very well could be. Uh, so yeah, he would be my dream. And then I think Awar's a really good shout for realistic uh, mm. because, you know, cut price um, and, you know, 
already have like relations with him after the extensive talks last summer. So, you know, hopefully that would be one that could be done pretty straightforwardly. That would be phenomenal. Mm. Um, but I mean, both Grealish, Madison and our, any of them I'd take. Mm. Um, I mean, the good thing about creative midfield this summer, Mm. just before we move on is, is the fact that we do have Smith Rowe, which we didn't really know about last summer. So we're not I going in that, like like we can't rely no, on him. No, not enough. But I can't just mean. say have yeah. him. But you know, we probably could get someone who isn't like a world beater in that position, hmm. but someone who could provide like good competition for Smith Rowe. True. Yeah, I agree. Um, central midfield, dream and realistic. Realistic. I don't know. Ruben Neves. I said Basuma for realistic. Well, I think they're both realistic, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Dream. Wow. Paul Pogba. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> In terms of beyond realms of possibility. I, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, I'd probably say Pogba. Or like Shaka, but Euro Shaka. <laughs> Just exclusively Euro Shaka. If you put, pull out yeah. that performance against Switzerland every single week, that would be yeah. uh, against France. He he was outstanding. Really well done, Tim. I was mm. that was a really really good performance. Some uh, of his but passing no. was unbelievable. Yeah, that, the pass for the goal, but also just some of the rest. I mean, so was Pogba's. That one yeah. which he took oh. in the volley was beautiful. It just glided oh across, God. and the through through ball to um, Mbappe when he should have scored. Mm. Oh, dirty. wow! Yeah, that was an unbelievable like Filth. midfielding game. It what was. a battle! It was a great game in general. Um, that day was did great. You, did you hear on like the Arscast at the start of the episode? Because I watched it after the French game, and they were talking about <laughs> oh the Shaka Pogba notorious midfielding battle, sort of jokingly, <laughs> and it turned into that. that. Turned out, yeah, yeah, that is, that is funny. Yeah, um, uh, but no, uh, I think Dream slash. I'd, I I would really like Camavinga. I would really like him. Mm. Uh, I think it would be a bit risky going into a season with Partey, Camavinga, and Lukonga, but then again, also pretty exciting. So yeah, mm. I think he would probably be a dream for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, long term Camavinga, Lukonga sounds pretty yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they're good shouts. I'd yeah, I'd back them. Um, yeah. Uh. What was I going to say? Next question. I think, that's, I think we don't have any more questions. I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I mean, shit. I did it too bit. We're late. not cast extra, girl. No, I bit it, did it a bit too late for us to get a load. Yeah. But anyway, we'll leave it there then. Um, yeah. I think there's only one song we can do. Oh, uh, yeah, I completely agree. That's got to be the song yeah. every week till, um, until it do- happens. Till it's one. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't even need to say any more. You know nope. what's coming. Um, marketing opportunity of a lifetime, Robert. Uh, yeah, so by the time this is uploaded, might get uploaded tonight, depending how efficient Daniel Finton is at using Anchor. <laughs> pardon me. Um, um, but if it comes out tomorrow, my piece on Ainsley Maitland-Niles will probably be out, Ooh. titled Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Arsenal. Finally, the end of the road, question mark. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. I I won't give any spoilers, but yeah, I think that the title 
uh, pretty much summarizes the piece. I think it is the end of the road. So uh, yeah, do check that one out. That is a good one. Uh, we haven't seen much about Maitland Niles this season, uh, no. this summer so far. Almost forgot about him. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Well, I've already shouted out my piece several times. You've been times plugging it the whole that. episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but I'm going to shout out the YouTube channel. Go and subscribe to We Love Your Arsenal on YouTube. Uh, search up Alfie Coleshaw and it will come up. Mm. Hopefully that will change <laughs> soon when we start putting videos up. But there will be videos. So yeah, go and do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Should we sing it? Should we sing out? Yeah. It's I still believe. On. Oh, you're, doing, you, you're yes. trying to do the verse. <laughs> Oh, let, let's just go straight seem- into it. Okay, yeah. Everyone seems to know. Well, the no, score. no, okay. We do it's coming home, you know, the start bit where they do it really subtly. Right. Okay. Here we go. It's coming home. 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 Everyone seems to know the score. They've seen it all before. They just know. So sure that England's gonna throw it away, gonna blow it away, but I know they can play, cause I remember three lines on the shirts, Jules remains still gleaming, 30 years of hurt, never stop me dreaming. So many jokes, so Bobby Belt in the ball And no 